Hello. Welcome to Consumer Culture. I am your host, Adam. I'm still kind of wore out from the NXT show I went to a couple nights ago. How are you, Jesse? I am fantastic. I've been burning through so many different Netflix shows. Uh, I'm on season two of BoJack Horseman because I'm super late on that train. Oh, boy. Boy. man. Oh, dude, the last, like, three episodes of season one, holy shit. Like, that show starts out as, like, a totally fine show that didn't quite make Adult Swim and then turns into a an real, immense, immense real, thing. Like, it's incredible, but, like, I, it's not, like, I am, like, two seasons behind because, like, yeah. I, I, I know I gotta be in the right, like, mental health headspace to watch that show because, man, that thing is a really strikingly like real look at like depression and self-destruction yeah i'll i'll apologize to you now because i'm about to bring up number values on art but just the fact that it like starts with this season one is a 65 on rotten tomatoes and then the next four seasons are 100 percent is yeah bonkers which like, is wild that's to me. Like, crazy. That also does show that, like, how bad Rotten Tomatoes is at TV scores. Because, like, it's like, oh, yeah. everything I on Rotten read... Tomatoes is either a 100 or a 50. I Well, I read a thing that blew my mind that this was even a deal. Um, apparently, a, when it first came out in 2014, a lot of people just watched the first six episodes and weren't required to watch the whole season to, to rate it. Well, like, that's... Bullshit. Well, no, it's not that. It's not that. It's that you probably Netflix probably sent out screeners of the first six episodes. Because oh. usually when they send out screeners, they don't send out the whole season. They'll send out a few episodes okay. to get you going, and then you're meant to watch the rest when the rest of the season hits. Those people just didn't watch the rest. Gotcha. Um, which, but either way, yeah, yeah, which isn't an unreasonable thing because like if the first six episodes are kind of subpar. I'm not going to blame you for not going out of your way to watch the other five or whatever. Like, I get it. But, like, I think the first season's fine. I think um, if you're a pro- professionally paid reviewer, you kind of should. But not, that's just No, me. like, it's a TV show. Like, if you're not grabbed in the first six episodes, like, you're not grabbed. It, I feel like it, that's part of the job. It's it's not. Like, well, no, the it, part it, of the job is reviewing what's I don't know. I feel like it, that's the same thing as... Well, no, part of the job is reviewing what you're told to review. And if you're not told to review the rest, then... I guess so. But it makes me feel the same way, like, if someone is watching a movie to review it, and then they stop in the first 15, 30 minutes. Well, no, because they, like... Because a movie is a 90-minute thing, not... Like, it's not like a multiple-day commitment like reviewing a TV show is. Where you have to, like, burn through that stuff, so it's easier to review a movie. And no one has ever been given the assignment to watch the first 45 minutes of a movie and then review it. I don't know. I feel like you should do the whole thing if you're going to review something. That's just always been mine. Well, also, all those reviews for season one of BoJack Horseman, quote-unquote, that's why Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit, because they'll give an entire season a rating where people don't review the entire season. Like, those places that only reviewed six episodes, they did not assign the entire season a a score. They reviewed the first six episodes. And Rotten Tomatoes reached in their ass and extrapolated some number for the entire season for that. That's not the outlet's fault. That's Rotten Tomatoes being bad. Like, that's what that is. Um, But yeah, like, it's... God, one of the most real, like, most... 
intense quotes I have seen in media in the past few years came from Rotten Tomatoes. I don't remember which season it was. But one of the characters is talking, or was kind of random. It came from Bojack Horseman. And one of the characters is talking to Bojack and just says, Listen, I guess when you're wearing rose colored glasses all the time, the red flags just look like flags. And, uh, 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 well, uh, uh, right? Right? <laughs> Jesus shit. Yeah. Whoosh. All but right. Th- there is an episode in the fourth season, I think, that's one of the like more stunning. It's like all visual. There's hardly any dialogue. It's incredible. Uh, that show's really good, but man, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of people I know that like just can't watch that show. Not because it's bad, but because it's just too real. I believe it. It is I'm, so real. It's so it's very strange. At least for the last three episodes, for me, like I could feel how intense it was, but I just it made me feel better about my own problems. Because you're not people. that. I, I guess so. It's, it, I boy, don't know. if that's I the never, case, you're going to feel way good in the next few seasons. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I never think about, like, oh, at least that's not me. It's more like, okay, there are definitely people that have it worse. That's Oh, yeah. So that's probably that's probably worse. It's not, oh, at least it's not me. It's like, ha you're worse than I am. Yes. God, yeah. I'm I can, a I can shitty person, that. and I will uh, never amount to anything. I mean, also, mind. these are these are fictional anthropomorphic animals. I think people will give you a pass. Um, <laughs> like, like, like Big Mouth is okay because at the end of the first season of Big Mouth, it's like, oh man, I want to like relate all of my childhood uh, experiences and stuff on a TV show. It's like, wouldn't that just be child porn? What? No, no, I hope not. God, maybe if it's animated, maybe yeah, if it's animated, maybe I, if it's animated. <laughs> I saw, like, I was seeing somebody talking about Big Mouth a few weeks ago on a podcast, and they were just like, "Yeah, no, there's following kid dick in that show." Like, you know, if, <laughs> if that show came out four years ago, it would have been yeah. the biggest like scandal, like. Yeah. Like, there would have been so much yelling about that show, but for whatever reason, we've just kind of moved past that stuff. It's actually really good, though. <laughs> right? But yeah, yeah, I watched the first uh, couple episodes of it the other day. It's 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 pretty solid. Although I, keep... I mean, it goes in weird places with, like, pillow pregnancy. Yeah. But... <laughs> I keep thinking that his, like, the masturbation demon is voiced by Will Arnett, and it's not. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, Nick it's Kroll. Nick basically it's doing well Arnett. Will Arnett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, are you going to finish is... that jerk off? Are you going to, are you going to do that? God, that show is something. <laughs> it's pretty intense. It is something. That's not a show uh, that I could watch like, like in one sitting, like that's a show I could watch like an episode of a week. I, I marathoned it while my girlfriend was, um, away back at her hometown. So I was, by myself. It feels like a show you have to watch by yourself. Not because oh, it's child born. But like it's no, yeah, I feel you on that. Um but no, like like American Vandal season two, I watched that entire season in one sitting. Yeah. And I'm I cannot tell you the last time I've done that. Yeah. Um watch the first season for real. Like the they're they're two kind of separate things in the first season. Like right. it starts like it takes a hard turn, not like, oh, there's a big twist, just like, oh no. They're digging into stuff about adolescence and like the like in 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 being a youth and like your background and the world around you and you trying to figure yourself out as you're leaving high school in ways that I did not expect them to because this this show is set up as just one big dick joke and they uh, 
dig into stuff. And the, the second season, they go even harder with like the idea of like social media and the person that you are like that you like proclaim yourself to be on things like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and the person that you actually are. Like, oh shit. It's re- like, it's not like you watch those trailers and you do not think that's what that is, but that show digs into some stuff. Like it is written crazy. It is, it is like the best like way I've ever seen kids written like high school kids. Yeah. Like they understand that stuff better than I've ever seen because every time you see stuff about high schoolers, it's always oh they're in high school but they're speaking like thirty five year old adults. Right, like, right. We talked and, about that. Yeah. Even great stuff like freaks and freaks and geeks and undeclared. Those things are great, but no one no one talks like those kids talked. Um, they went through the problems that those kids went through, but you didn't believe that they were high school kids, or at least I didn't. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but like, I didn't believe they were high school kids. They felt like they were adults reading, writing from adults. But yeah. like with American Vandal, if you had told me they just showed up at a high school with the camera, like, all right, I'd see that. Like they get, like they totally get it. God, it's so good. There is some hardcore shit humor in the first episode of the second season, but you can just kind of look away. That's what I did. Yeah. And then you're good after that. You're good. You're good. Yeah, that it's... took me. It was like, oh boy, poop stuff. Real poop. But I'm actually, looking at poop. If you don't want to do that, just watch the first season. And if you're yeah, not yeah, sold, you. like in the first season, so fucking good. If you watch the first season, you'll want to watch. You'll want to watch the second season. But that's not why we're here. We're nope. here to talk about 2017 Marvel movies. Uh, breaking it, breaking it down in yeah. the galaxy and the feel yeah. goods. Break it down. Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So we're going to start with Thor. I don't think there's much of an introduction we need to give here. Yeah, it's the third greatest. No, said that wrong. It's the best Thor movie out of the three. I I do think it's the best Thor movie. I like Thor 1 better than a lot of people do. Oh, I really love like, Thor, Thor 1, actually. Is I, I really, really enjoy it. Like, Thor 1's I, so good. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction of negativity for Thor 1. I'm not sure what it is. I thought I it was know. very well-paced. I think time. people... It was a lot of fun characters. People went into it not expecting uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> Basically. But I did, because it was directed by Kenneth Branagh. All he does is Shakespeare. God, and that one, that. and that one weird Jack Ryan movie for whatever reason. <laughs> but yeah, That's like true. Thor Ragnarok, and then, and then Agatha Christie, right? Um, directed by Ta- Taika Waititi, who is a New Zealand director who is one of the greatest people in the world, and I have just to a disclaim, hell- huh? I have to disclaim right now. I still haven't seen what we do in the shadow, so I'm c- oh my coming in here. God. Super- Super under um, unarmed, like um, uh, I am not batting well for this. It one. is on Amazon Prime. I know. Watch it; it's so good. It's... So, um, but no, yeah. I really like a lot of Ragnarok. Um, I thought it blended very well with um, what what had been a rumor since basically 2012 about a Planet Cult movie. Yeah. Um and they and I feel like they were always going to do it. They were just still worried about it being standalone Hulk, which is fine. I don't think they I don't think the Hulk it. can carry his own movie. I I don't think yeah. Hulk's a great like Hulk's a great team guy. 
I wouldn't give him his own movie. Well, I feel like him having his own movie, but still had other people in there. Like, I don't know. I think they could have done Planet Hulk with Thor in it as much as Thor Ragnarok with Hulk in it. True. Um, uh, I think it would have been equally balanced. Um, so much Beta Ray Bill teasing, it hurts. <laughs> I want, I want my Thor's. Give me my Thor's. I'd rather have a. I'd rather we have, have frog. Stormbreaker now, for fuck's sake. I want the frog, Thor. Well, we have Th- Stormbreaker now, which means that fucking Jane Foster should be picking up the hammer because that's when he got Stormbreaker. Yeah, but Stormbreaker was originally Beta Ray Bills. Oh, was it? Yes. No, I believe. So, uh, Stormbreaker was specifically made for Beta Ray Bill. I think he just had a regular war axe and have no, a. No. a I could be wrong. Magical. Mace I know thing. he. I know he had a big fucking. Well, no, he has an axe, and okay, so it's just a regular axe. The thing, no, Stormbreaker's a hammer right. in the comics. So the thing in the movie is the axe that he gets after Jane Foster becomes Thor with the name of Beta Ray Bill's hammer. That's okay. That's a totally fine. Sure. Uh, like I'm totally fine with that. Like amalgamation, I'm just I think that's actually pretty if cool. That, what that implies? Absolutely nothing. Don't read too much into it. It's a movie. Like, it's, but they have phases and planning it, and stuff. Stuff it implies, implies things. That that's a really cool name for a uh, for an ex. Uh, like, I'm gonna read to it if I want to. I'm not gonna be mad if nothing happens. I'm not from saying it. you shouldn't. I'm just saying temper your temper thyself. You, you kind of explicitly said don't read into it. It's just a name. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know I what know. I mean. Uh, but no, like I, I think. But I have to defend myself because I feel accused. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think the best part of Thor Ragnarok, and it's kind of something that was pulled back in Infinity War, uh, which is one of the things that I didn't like about Infinity War, was the characterization of Thor and how uh, he felt like this character who had been around for six years in the MCU at this point and who had been around humans and who had, like, grown out of this, like, Prince Charming-looking fucking Shakespearean dude... And he was just kind of like, oh, no, he gets it now. He's not speaking in old English and doing all of these things, like, ridiculously and with great flourishes. Like, he's been around humans. He's kind of good. Like, he's kind of chill. And, and and he's way funnier. And he's just a bit more what we would consider to be normal. And then in Infinity War, he is back to, like, Hark! I am going to take this rodent to ground and we are going to like, he just became that. Like, like he, he reacted to the guardians in the way that Thor one Thor would react and not the way that Thor Ragnarok Thor would react. I think, I think I I'd be fine chalking that up to the trauma of losing his entire people. It's possible. Like he just got all guarded and he does get there. Like with, uh, when he and Rocket are talking. Um, But I feel like if that had happened in Thor Ragnarok, he would have spoken to Rocket just like more just like casually. And in that scene in Infinity War, he is still very much like the Prince of Asgard. And, oh, yes, I lost my best. Like, you know, it it, it felt like it felt like they didn't uh, they didn't talk to Taika Waititi when they were filming that stuff. 
and like or maybe they didn't look at the dailies from thor ragnarok and they just kind of went along with their own characterization of thor which isn't bad he was still very good in infinity war but i just i love in ragnarok the way he acts it it feels like he has grown over the course of these movies Um, i agree that's i love that also uh kate blanchett please step on me (laughs) god um yeah <laughs> well oh, this took a turn uh, <laughs> man lots of lot lo- lots of sexualized murder here with a whole lot of female using penetrative yep. objects yep. and as many horns as she can adorn yeah that, that wasn't supposed to rhyme but i'm glad it did pretty um <laughs> but hella was great hella was fantastic um it's the it's the fantastical trend that I can't believe people are still mad at of killing off great villains. It's just what Disney does. Well, it's not talk about it being Marvel. It's what Disney does. I mean, yeah, but like that's what comic books do. Like that's yeah, just but been... they get to come back. No, no, I mean like that's what comic book movies do. Like right, right, right. Kind of look back at everything since Batman in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, I can agree with you that, yeah. but. I don't think that, that makes it right. Say that to Zod's snap neck. No, like, I, but again, like, no, that's the thing. Like, I right, don't think right, that's right, the right. right way of doing it. And sure. Man of Steel is the perfect example of why, like, hey, yep. maybe this shouldn't be the precedent that we have set, that this has to happen in all these movies. Uh, yeah. um, because, like, you know, it's... Because, like, you can have these villains... Because, like, villains... Marvel's villains are underdeveloped because they don't have much time to be developed. You get right. 10 minutes at the beginning of the movie and then maybe 30 minutes and like sprinkled around the middle and then the big climax. That's why Thanos was so good because that was his movie. Like he yeah. was basically the protagonist of, of Infinity War. That's why Loki's so good cuz he's been in multiple movies and he's not really the villain, but you know, like he ended yeah. up like he was a really good villain in Avengers because we had already known him from Thor. Yes. It's why like origin story movies are always kind of weak because it's very oh. difficult to set up like an entire universe of characterization and also have a standard plot um in one movie. And that's why the second movie is always the best, you know, yeah. in general, because you've already set everything up and you can just go. Uh, but you can't do that if you're introducing a new villain. Um, yeah, and we'll 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 get to origin stuff in the next one because I think that's super important about yeah, because like, like what understanding if understanding origin what movies if, or not? Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. What if yeah. you just didn't fucking do it? What? What if? What? what? If you just, what if? What if you respect what? your audience? And you understand that they already know, and you just don't do it. And that there's been two movies made already before. <laughs> but real quick, before we jump on that. Oh, um, yeah. So th- there's only one issue that I personally have with Thor Ragnarok. Um, I kind of thought that the, some jokes just took too long that, that were kind of crammed in there. Like um, him not turning into Hulk and then just landing like putty on the bridge. <laughs> like, yeah, that's funny, but like, like, I don't know. It's, it took everything away from that moment for me. I was like, Oh, Oh, well he should be dead. <laughs> okay. Like I get it. This is Taika Waititi's thing. That's Absolutely. Thing. That's why I went into it. Totally fine with that. Cause I yeah. knew like I was expecting that with Taika Waititi. Um, I, yeah. I didn't know. So, and I still, yeah. Still, yeah. And, um, like, and also, I'm, I just kind of like that style of humor. <laughs> 
Like that kind of humor just kind of gets abrupt me. bullshit. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I haven't assigned a name to it, but I really like abrupt. Like, like one of my yeah. favorite joke styles on a sitcom is when somebody is screaming and you just hard cut away to the next scene in the middle of a scream. Like that's the funniest shit yes. to me. I mean, the way I think of it, it's like everything Family Guy fails at doing to be funny. Yeah, it's like. Family Guy goes for it, and they just always do it in the wrong way. Yeah, and also Family Guy goes for it when it's not earned, and a lot of the stuff oh, yeah. like in this movie feels earned. Like it's it's um, it makes sense earned, like, sort of sure in the moment. Whereas Family Guy yeah. is just like let's just here. What about this joke? What about that joke that has nothing to do yes, with anything? What about that seriously. joke that has nothing to do with anything? Agreed. Um, and also, I thought Quirk talked too much, especially at the end where the plant blew up and he started talking. That was like really like. And I, I laughed. After, like I, uh, Quirk, uh, Taguatiti's character, his insert, his Korg. fan fiction insert. Korg. Korg, Quirk, Korg. whatever his name is. I Quart. piss off ghost. <laughs> Quark. Uh, um, like I like. That's the thing, though. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like he's talking so much at the end, and he's just like, "Oh no, Greg's dead," and I was just like, "All right," but like it. It's one of those things where it just it went on just long enough to swing back around for me and like oh no this is actually hilarious like if it had gone yeah like I thought it was funny the first time I saw it and the second time like man and I'm sure if I watched it the third time (laughs) if it had if it had gone on five seconds shorter or five seconds longer I would have hated it but like it went on just long enough to make it as funny as it could have possibly been to me see that that's a level of comedic timing that for me almost like. 10 out of 10 every time they've done it key and peel on their skits oh, oh yeah did somehow those guys have the most perfect timing of making it longer than you expect but mm-hmm. never too long it yep it's great uh, um and yeah like i don't and those are and you know if those are my only oh absolutely then, those are well, yeah yeah but um it was very good i i love the opening um yes uh because you want to talk about Thor being used to, you know, him being in a Marvel movie. He totally yep. was kind of like that. Oh, we do that. You know, I banter, you banter. I'm captured. I get yep. out. And I blow, you know, that kind of style. And that, that's a lot of fun. Yes. So, yeah, it's still uh, very good. Self-aware also, enough, especially with the Matt Damon thing. I was about to say, like, there have been multiple <laughs> movies where I have been sitting in the theater and leaned to the person next to me and went, is that Matt Damon? Like that has happened several <laughs> times in the past few years. Right. Just like, fucking not Luke just, Hemsworth and fucking Matt Damon. Not just that. Do you know who played Odin in that scene? Oh the, no! Who? In the play, it was Sam Neill from Dress. Oh Park, shit! Who has also yes. been in? Uh, he was in the movie Hunt for the Wilder People, which was written right. and directed by Taika gotcha. Waititi. Yeah, gotcha. I got uh, you. That's yes. Yeah, that was hilarious. Sam Neill as Odin. Oh man. God. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. Like little things like that. Um I love Clancy Brown as Surter. That's great. I really like Clancy Brown a lot. Um yeah, my that's, thing, oh, I forgot that that was Clancy Brown. Yep. That's awesome. My favorite I, thing he doesn't is do that enough. like he's great. Like um or Korg like Taika Waititi said that he like Korg's voice it's it's not quite his natural voice 
Um, right. He said he modeled it after uh, Polynesian bouncers. Like he would go to like bars in uh, in New Zealand, and there'd be these huge Polynesian brick shit houses out front. You walk up, and they'd be like, you know, just, <laughs> like, like fucking piss off, ghost. Like they would sound like that. <laughs> and these huge guys. That's um, hilarious. Okay, also, that's... also, if you can, if you like, I have the Blu-ray for this movie. Watch yeah. this movie with commentary. It is Taika Waititi by himself making jokes over the entire movie, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. That's like, worth buying. That's fucking, worth buying. When, Holy when shit. they get to the scene with Matt Damon, he is just like, ah, yes, there's uh, Matt Damon, um, star of We Bought a Zoo. This is a, uh, you might <laughs> not know this, but this is actually a, a uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe We Bought a Zoo uh, crossover movie. Uh, so... <laughs> Shit. And then when fucking Carl <laughs> Urban shows up, when Carl <laughs> Urban shows up, he goes, uh, that's, uh, there's Keith Urban as Scourge. He is a very famous Australian, uh, country music star. Uh, he's married to Nicole Kidman. <laughs> and, yes! uh, he decided what a to, cheap joke. To, do, I love it. to do our movie. It's incredible. God, that it's sounds like so me if I got funny. to ramble. It's, it's, it's one of the funny, like it's, it's by far the funniest commentary I've ever seen cannot recommend it highly enough i bought that blue movie on blu-ray the day it came out and it was a fantastic decision oh my god <laughs> fuck that's great it's but so yeah. good um man that's super fun but yeah just like some of the most fun i've ever had at a marvel movie like like it's what i, was, it's what I say about these movies a lot like I, I go into these movies wanting to have fun like I I, right. I want to have a, a good time, and at the end of the day, like that this the, all three movies that we're gonna be talking about really delivered on that, like yeah. in spades. Uh, like for example, uh, Spider Man Homecoming that I saw the night it came oh out. Oh my god! I saw the best, night it came out at like the Alamo automatic Draft House. best Spider Man movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're at the. the I went to the cool. Draft House South Lamar. Um, nice. it was a good time. It was a really good time. Uh, I, we got, I got their burger. It was really good. People in all, people in Texas as a whole really like a good aioli, uh, which I can uh, appreciate. Yeah. It had like a really good garlic aioli on it. I was, I was yeah. a fan. I was a fan. Um, God, Spider-Man. Like, I want to meet the dude. Really perfect. God, I want to meet the dude that cast Tom Holland and kiss him square on the mouth. Like <laughs> the guy who's like, we need to get Tom Holland to do this. That dude, he gets it, man. <laughs> oh my god, like he, it's so good, it's so good. Like yeah. Tom Holland understands that character so well. Oh yeah, I I totally agree. The just his whole like, that's not stuttering, but just like oh, oh, overbearing, overexcited stumbling over his words shit yeah yeah and again like just fucking playing the insomniac uh spider-man which holy shit i still like, played that the guys who made ratchet and clank and spyro of course they would make the best spider-man game yep. ever um and there's a lot of feel with that and it's kind of weird i'm sure you've seen what peter looks like in the game does he not look like the most perfect only computers could do this fusion of toby mcguire tom holland and andrew garfield yeah yeah like i don't know how they did that but it's kind of crazy 
um, the best Spider-Man villain because he gets it. Fucking, oh my god, man! Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is so god, Michael good. Keaton Michael Keaton is my favorite Spider-Man villain. <laughs> Shout out to Michael Keaton for like this career renaissance. Absolutely. Just grabbing shit, going for yeah, it. Yeah, with that, with like Birdman Spotlight. Uh, Earlier Spider-Man. that year, I saw the founder, the McDonald's thing. I really, I still haven't seen that. I really want to see Man, that. And like he does so well with like you can feel, you feel and know that he's a bad person, a shitty human, not a good person. But like he's got so much aspiration, and he feels. Like, he deserves to be someone great. And yeah. it's such a crazy mix. Because it's like, you know, there there's no real hero to that story. It's just a story being told. Yeah. And he plays it so well as just, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And I don't give a fuck what happens to anyone else. And it's yeah. pretty impressive. It's, um... Ah, yes. So he played an American. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, he played... He 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 played Michael Keaton. No, I'm yeah. kidding. That's mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and... he's done really great. Spotlight and Birdman is great. But um, I, just the level of irony that already was Birdman, and then now he's the Vulture is just right. It's so silly, and it and it really makes you wonder. Since it's Michael Keaton, is he aware of the irony? I don't I mean... know probably although he's probably not as up his own ass as the entire movie birdman is so he probably doesn't (laughs) mind uh but yeah like i like i like the idea of like it's it's you know the 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 things from other movies affecting other movies like this whole thing started like like michael keaton it's fucking stolen tech from the alien attack in the first avengers movie and that's how he gets that shit that stuff is so cool and that we've seen some more of that from uh from like um uh, that's some stuff in like luke cage and all that like on the street level stuff they've had connections to all the to all the the that stuff but yeah it's it's so good he gets it um i realized uh what was going to happen uh like two minutes before it was revealed that he was what's her face's uh dad, uh, dad it hit me dude like, i didn't i still didn't and then he, he opened like, the door and i like lost breath it was, was like, like <gasps> it wasn't even two minutes it was probably like he was walking up to the door and i just had a moment of oh my god the fucking vulture is about to be behind that door isn't he it, like right before it happened it yeah. hit me. It's like, oh no, this is what's about to happen. Man. Oh shit, there he is, dude. I I didn't even remotely. He opened the door and mm-hmm. I went pale. I was just like, wow, and that's such an amazing feeling. Like, it's it's insane that this screenplay had like seven writers. Yeah, because one of it which, doesn't feel like that. One of which was, uh, there was somebody. John, yeah, John Francis Daly is yeah. like I think the main like the guy who ended up um being like the the one who like most of it was his script, who was like a an actor on Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was on Bones and shit. Crazy. Yeah. Um he also directed Game Night, which is a very, very, very good comedy from earlier this year. 
That's that what was, I heard. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, like, people have been talking about, like, this year has been kind of, like, light when it comes to comedies, which isn't true. Like, comedies haven't been performing at the box office as well as they probably should have, but there's been some good-ass comedies this year. Um, yeah. He's but, been a yeah. co-writer on Horrible Bosses and stuff with Jonathan Goldstein, and apparently... Um, from what I see, I don't know how much has changed. So John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein are supposed to be the directors for the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's Flashpoint. It's just, I, it, I don't think they're doing the Flashpoint story, but yeah. Oh, it said specifically Flashpoint, but we'll see. Um, no, no, it's so, just the Flash. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's fucking. And the Donald Glover thing, man, that was great. Uh, yeah, when he said oh, he good. had a nephew. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah, but just just him being there was was nice enough. At least they acknowledged it's, that it was a it's, thing. It's one of those things now that it's a weird thing with Marvel movies to where like I saw that and I was just like, oh shit, that's awesome. That's really cool. Wait a minute, why are you using Donald Glover on this one character for a five minute scene? What? <laughs> Like, when you see stuff like that, it's like, oh, no, this locks him out of being something else. But not necessarily. Because, like, Alfre Woodard, who is, like, the big, one of the big antagonists in Luke Cage, was in in Civil War, playing a different character. Like, she was the lady at the beginning of the movie who, like, gave Tony the picture of her son. Which, to be perfectly honest, that would have been great if that was still her, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, But, yeah, Yeah, like... I think that's a little different. Donald Glover that had, is like, very a lot different. Of Don't time, get me wrong, but that is yeah. very different. Um, but yeah, like you do that. That's how like, I that's... felt with Jaimon Houston. Like before they announced who Black Panther was, and I still was just dying it for it to be like a grizzled veteran uh, Black Panther with uh, Jaimon doing it. And he mine was mine was Michael Jai Black. White. No, I wanted Michael Jai White to be Luke Cage. But <laughs> they they chose correctly with with Jonathan or with Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter's so good as Luke Cage. Yeah. But yeah, like Jaimon Hansu, they totally like I'm very excited he's coming back for Captain Marvel. Because they kinda wasted him in Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad they're giving both those guys um what yeah. is it? Um Mike uh, Ronan and or Lee yeah, Pace. Ronan. And, I was trying to think of the actor. Lee yeah, Pace, Lee Pace. That's it. Yeah, I'm glad they're giving them another yes. shot. That's super cool. I, and it seems like from the pictures of them in the movie, like Lee Pace, like Ronan is less extra as he than he was in Square uh, Guardians, boxed in. Uh, well, no, just like all dark with like you can actually like kind of make out his features, and it looks oh, like cool. he's more of like uh like a person and like less maybe corrupted. I was um, fixing to say that'd be super cool if he was like I don't know an aspiring hopeful senator type who then well, like he's goes like bad. i think he's like in the same like space core thing that carol is ah, okay cool and so like they're working together um but yeah I'm, I'm super excited for that but yeah um marissa tomei as aunt may fantastic uh <laughs> you're super hot aunt stop saying that stop i <laughs> i forgot marissa and- tomei I forgot uh, until very recently that that movie ends with Aunt May fig- finding out he's Spider-Man. I totally forgot about that. Oh, like, yeah, yes, yeah, she I does. I totally forgot that that's I like did the, too, ver- the very end of that movie 
is her walking in and just saying like, what the f-? And then it cuts to black. That's super true. Yep. So yep. that's going to be a fun one to deal with next year. Yep. Um, I really, really, really liked uh, Tony Revolori as Flash Thompson. Um, oh, right. That, that was very interesting. That kid's a great actor. He was fantastic in the Grand Budapest Hotel. He was, I think he was really good. I think he was really good at, as Flash Thompson. Uh, I enjoyed him a lot. It was like a, it it was a different, uh, uh, portrayal than what we're used to. Oh yeah. And it it was fine. It worked. Oh, it was great. Uh, he killed it. Um, and you know, the one one line Hannibal Burris had. God. Just as the coach, he's like, "So he's supposed to be watching this video, even though I'm pretty sure this guy's like a war criminal." Now. Yeah, I yeah, I just I think this guy's like a war criminal or something right now. But just God, watch this so video. good. Hannibal Burst's delivery is so great. Also, like, he's the number one reason I really want to watch um, Tag. So, <laughs> oh, dude, I saw Tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun movie. Uh, that's oh, hey. Like- there's one of those for you, the dumb articles of um, connected MCU characters because it's got um, Jeremy Renner in it <laughs> and Hannibal Burris. Oh God! <laughs> uh, yeah, like it. Tag was really good. Tag was like got like I don't know, kind of it. Kind of kind of hit me near the end. Um, I believe I, I totally forgot that Jennifer Connelly is the voice of his AI. Uh, oh yeah, in his suit. That's weird. Um. Yeah, well, right. like little things like you know, fucking uh, like the shocker is in the movie. Oh, di- uh, discount <clears throat> Tom Hardy. Yeah, who and he dies so the second one. Uh, the guy who's Green? in um upgrade. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's the guy's in upgrade. I was yeah. listening to a podcast the other day, and it like drove me up the wall because they were talking about Venom, and yeah. they were just like, "Have you seen Upgrade? That's also Tom Hardy, and it's like kind of like the same thing." And I'm like, "It's not." <laughs> yes yes uh also shout out to hannibal burris who when talking about his role in spider-man homecoming <laughs> described it as quote one of the dumbass characters that don't realize peter's spider-man <laughs> That's so great. Uh, Martin Starr was great as the like academic coach guy. I like Martin Starr a lot. Um, I'm sure he ended up in that because uh, because he was in Freaks and Geeks and the writers like fucking what's his face is probably like we should get Martin Starr for this. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, like it's so good. It understands spider-man in a way that no spider-man movie does like it understands because oh, yeah. like it depends on like the kind of the version of spider-man you like i really like high school spider-man a like, young spider-man um yeah i never have that... like i can appreciate like a parker industries like you know late 20s early 30s spider-man but something about him juggling everything with high school and all that it's it's always gets me yeah it's it's the biggest deal for sure um man but uh I don't know. I was so weird. I actually really loved Amazing Spider-Man when it first came out. I thought it was better than any of the Sam Raimi ones. I have since changed my mind. But at the same time, I don't think any of the previous five can touch this one. Not 
N- not anywhere close. Like, no way. They, it's so good. Um, I'm so glad Sony was just like, actually, how about we just let Marvel do this? Like, let them do some of this stuff. We'll make a lot <laughs> more money. We bad at movies. <laughs> like, we'll make a lot more money if we just let Marvel help us with this. Because yep, Marvel... Like, it's a Sony-produced movie. This is not a Marvel Studios movie. Um, right. Which means... And it's distributed by Sony. Well, like, it was a it was a Columbia Pictures slash Marvel Studios-produced movie. Um, but it was distributed by Sony. Sony made most of the money off of it. Um, there hasn't been any money, like, changed hands over this. Like, Marvel hasn't paid Sony anything for the Spider-Man stuff. Sony hasn't paid Marvel anything. It's just kind of a handshake deal of... Listen, this is mutually beneficial for both of us. Like, we are both going to make a lot of money if we work together on this. Uh, Which is a step in the right direction. Very much so. Um, Oh, I didn't realize that was the... Slow burn takeover. Yes, I was looking at the the Wikipedia page for the next one, Spider-Man Far From Home. And I yep. did not realize that the synopsis uh, released so far is after the events of the untitled fourth Avengers film, Peter Parker and his friends go on summer vacation to Europe. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'm excited about that. I don't feel so good. Oh, you'll be fine. You've got a movie coming out. Right? Like, oh, <laughs> did he oh, get that line? Black Panther. Oh, punk. no, he's gone. Like, bitch, they got him sign off for eight sequels. Um, you kill him. Makes awesome. you a sweater full of money, and you kill <laughs> you him. Kill him. <laughs> I forgot that Jake Gyllenhaal was playing Mysterio in Spider-Man yeah, Far From Home. Yeah, very interesting. I totally forgot about that. I'm into it, Also, though. my God, is it called Far From Home because he's going to be lost in Europe? Is it just Eurotrip Spider-Man? <laughs> I'm into the idea of like all the Spider-Man movies having home in the name somewhere. I mean, that's cool. Um, yeah. Does that mean the third one is going to be Spider-Man Home Run? No, it's going to be a Spider-Man House Party. Kid and Play are going to show up. It's going to be great. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. Yeah, like, I, I think of the three, Spider-Man Homecoming's my favorite from that year, just because I have an immense soft spot for Spider-Man. And so, like, seeing them get Spider-Man r- right in a way that we oh, yeah. hadn't seen in like 13 years up until that point. Yeah. Like that shit's real good. Um, oh man, that shit's good. Also, I, no, go ahead. I mean, I really liked it. I, I liked it a lot. It's definitely, yeah, it's the best Spider-Man movie. Um, and strangely enough, retroactively playing the Spider-Man game re- so recently made me still enjoy it. Cause I don't know something about it makes it feel like the like they're the best written stories that I've seen that aren't like the cartoon series, so it just it just feels like they can go together for whatever silly reason, even though they're not really connected. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. They, they have, just they have feel a similar, right. They both have just really good feelings to it. They, yeah, they have a similar vibe. Um, also, the like Tony Peter Parker relationship is really fucking good. That like yep. father son relationship of like. Tony genuinely wanting what's best for Peter and wanting to protect Peter. Like, yeah. like how um, he has that, like, Iron Spider nano suit thing ready for Peter. <laughs> yeah. Before, like, oh, this was a test. before he's got it ready for him. Because he had that suit ready in Spider-Man Homecoming, but he didn't give it to him. 
Right. And then in Spider-Man Homecoming, when he shows up as Iron Man, he's in that nano suit, but it's only like half done. Which means that he made the suit for Peter before he made it for himself. That's crazy. Right? Like, little things like that show, like, how much, how much, like, Peter means to him and how much he wants, he wants the best, you know, like... What is it like? I'm you know, nothing with I'm like I'm nothing without the suit. Then you shouldn't have it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's very interesting because like I didn't really have that much of a traumatic childhood, so it's weird that for me, my favorite movie of the three, I connected more with on um, the parental issues for some fucking reason with Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, I see that. I like it more uh, than one. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I, I think... really do. Um, it's really I good. I think it's handled better. I don't know. Like, there's some stuff in two that just doesn't quite pass the smell test. Like, like what? M- Mantis. <laughs> Poor Mantis. Yeah, it's like it's like, interesting no, that like the misogyny and stuff that no, of not Guardians that one was. Oh, or just... well, yeah, that. But like, Mantis is is basically the aliens from episode one in that she is just like this really exaggerated Asian caricature put onto a French actress. Like she speaks with an exaggerated, like episode one alien Asian accent. They've given her makeup to make her, to make her features look more Asian. It just doesn't feel quite right. Like when you say episode one, you mean star Wars? Yes, the like the, okay, uh, the, the, the trade federation. The trade fe- okay, I see. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to make sure that's what you were saying before yeah, I yeah. said it like, seemed it, racist. It, it <laughs> didn't. A lot about Mantis just didn't quite pass the smell test. Um, no, that's that's fair. Yeah, and again, like I remember one of the biggest arguments I had um, or saw around whatever of uh, Guardians One was people called casual misogyny and treatment of women. I mean, James Gunn uh, Guardians can't one. write women. Yeah, and but it does suck though when he like admitted that and said you know he was gonna work better on the second one, and then he created he Mantis. Didn't. Yeah, yeah. Also, like it's like about, oh, I'll just take it all off Gamora and put it on a different chick. Talking that, about James Gunn, like yeah. Did you ever hear about the writing we? of Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one? No. So like James Gunn like gets a lot of credit for writing that movie. Right. He came in, took an existing script written by Nicole Perlman, added, changed a little bit, of, uh, changed a few things around, like the casual misogyny, added the 1980s music, and called it his script. That's pretty fucked up. 85% of that movie was written by Nicole Perlman. That sucks. Uh, like, that's why, like, I don't get, like, James Gunn is a fine writer, but, like, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is the only thing he's written that, like, that and Slither... Like, yeah. he wrote that movie, The Belko Experiment. I wanted to see that, I, I haven't gotten around to everything it. Everything I've heard, like, I, I got the vibe off of it, and I talked to some people who saw it that are like, that movie's just, like, unnecessarily mean. Like, it oh, is just, like, Jesus. this fucking hateful, mean movie. It's But it's like a Grindhouse movie. Like, it's meant right. to be, like, a really bloody, unnecessarily yeah, I, violent, like, Grindhouse what I even movie. Saw, what I even saw people compare it to and what... The vibe I got was um um was Battle Royale meets Office Space, which I thought was an amazing idea. Yeah, but like I don't think it had like 
I don't think it had the nearly nuance of either of those movies. The, yeah, yeah, it okay, had the charm yeah. of the nuance of those movies. Um, yeah, like it wanted the like violence and heartlessness of battle royale without the like social metaphor and oh, and Jesus, and all that. That's not good. Like yeah. the thing that struck me with that movie was when I was reading about it. Uh, about how there was a scene where like the 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 manager of the office who was like a good dude and everything ends up walking up to like there was like a a like a secretary or something like that that was like hiding around a corner with a gun and he just walked up to her and like snapped her neck and then just said like I don't want to waste ammo and just fucking walked away and that like I saw Man, that and it's just that... like mm, I don't like that. You just saying that puts like yep. some rocks in my stomach. Yeah, like good. stuff like that. Yeah, it makes me feel bad in the pit of my stomach to think about it. I don't want to see that in a movie. That and but sucks. like that's James Gunn. But but I'm not gonna blame him because he comes from trauma. And like that, have you ever seen the Toxic Avenger? That's just kind of trauma. Um, yeah, which is which is fine. But I think people treat him. Like a bigger auteur than he is. He is a very talented director. He is yeah. a pretty good writer. Like he, like I think a lot Our, of the stuff. Auteur is just hard to like uh, even really properly define. Also, I think ninety nine percent of auteurs suck, and people just use the auteur label to justify the abuse they hurl at the people around them. Right. Like um, Daniel Day Lewis is an auteur. He's also shitty to every person he's ever worked with. When Tarantino is an auteur, he's and he kind of an aspect. Choked, and he choked fucking uh, Uma Thurman on set when he didn't have to. Um, oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, like, every auteur sucks. And have you ever noticed how there's no women that are auteurs? Right. Because they can't probably get away from, with that stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, probably not from lack of trying. People are like, just, because they, if they do that stuff, they are labeled as difficult, and they don't get to work again. Uh... Oh, yeah, and he wrote both Scooby-Doo movies. I keep forgetting that. Oh, man. Have you ever heard about his, like, first draft for a Scooby-Doo movie? Do tell. It, like, he wrote, like, a kind of an R-rated, uh, uh, out-there Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah, like, was, um, was, was Daphne a slut because it'd be funny? No, I think it was I'm more shocked. like stoner comedy. Um oh, well. I mean, I mean, it, there's she might she might have been. I don't know, but like talking so about like, Polly Shore movies, yeah, like he in wrote the day. <laughs> he wrote the, the first two Scooby Doo movies, but like probably fifty percent of his came script, in and cut him yeah, up. probably less than half of his script ended up on the screen. I believe uh, but like, that. I I I do appreciate the heart of Guardians two, like the digging into the issues with uh, Yondu and Peter and Rocket. Yes. And, like, yes. seeing how Yondu and Rocket are so similar and why they are right. the way they are. Um, and I will always think one of the best things I've ever seen in such a, you know, a very, you know, paced mo uh, um The pacing is what you expect. I won't say overly predictable, but, like, it goes through the proper, like, storytelling patterns up until the point when... um you know, his dad, uh, Kurt, Kurt, no, no, the other one, mm -hmm. what's his dad, yeah. what's his dad, yeah. help me, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, oh, it was Kurt Russell, okay, um, I mix him and, um, Kevin Costner up all the time, 
I can see that. I can see anyway, that. They're I really both, want them to be in a buddy cop movie. Like they're both like older white dudes who demi grizzled, not really Kurt, whatever. Were Kurt was Kurt Russell in a bunch of Kurt Russell strikes me as he's not Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell strikes me as the kind of guy who's been in a bunch of sports movies, but I don't think he was. He's been like a couple, but Kevin Costner is like the sports. He's been in like eight sports movies and we put ten cup and I, I mix up via uh, Big Trouble in Little China and Waterworld. Forgive me. Oh God, um, <laughs> I That's... think they're equally enjoyable, but we'll do that another day. Huh. I like Waterworld. I mean, that's fine. I like Waterworld a lot. It's Mad uh, Max, but in the ocean. Yeah. I, how about, like, listen, talk about Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> They've been talking for years about, about remaking like, it. remaking it with The Rock. And I think that would be amazing. <laughs> because, right. and this is, I'm not changing, I'm not challenging anything. This is something everybody has always said about Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton is not the hero of that movie. He is incompetent and messes everything up. Right. Um, it's, uh, again, what's his face? Wang is actually the hero in that movie. Like Wang actually gets stuff done. Anything yeah. Jack Burton does well, it is on accident. And like, yeah. he is just this bumbling idiot, but he is, it's like a commentary on action movies that he is viewed as the big guy, the big star, because he is the attractive white guy. Whereas Wang is the one who's actually doing everything and, and all that. It's a great movie. I think with a rock would be incredible as Jack Burton just stumble fucking his way to save the day. I That'd think he would be so good. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I think after Jumanji, he'd totally be into something like that. God, I want that but, um, so bad. But yeah, so it's plotted very like predictably ish. But at the point where Kurt Russell's like been, and I had to, you know, give her cancer and yep. there was no pause there was no what do you mean or yep. him explain himself. It he was just go like, fuck yourself, bam, shoot, shoot, shoot. Like, that was great. I had yep. not seen that really in a movie like this, and I really, really appreciated that. Yep. Well, yeah, he uh, yeah, he just threw it out there. Like, it was nothing, because it was nothing to him. He is a god. Like, that doesn't, it doesn't, he doesn't care. Like, it's nothing. It is His name is Ego. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it is actually nothing to him. And so yep. he just throws it out there because that's how he would do it. And like it was like a gut punch, man. <laughs> if I if I did do it, this is how I would have done. It. Listen, I just got done listening to an audiobook. I told you about it called I Wear the Black Hat. Yeah. Um and yeah. in, in that book he talked about OJ Simpson and reading the If I Did It book. Yeah, it's so fucking um, wow. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think everybody except Mantis she's the new character i guess yeah, was not, handled yeah. very well yeah um I'm, um I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with with stallone and all them um yeah that was really cool and interesting and also the like so it's vin rames um yes. uh, michael rosenbaum mm-hmm. and uh, miley he was cyrus. the glass guy and miley cyrus like those yep. three specifically just dropped in there that's really interesting also when i was in the theaters I was in theater and saw this movie, and they had that bit at the end, and Vin Grames was there. There were not, there weren't any less than five people around me who I heard talking to each other shortly after that, saying something on the lines of, I thought Michael Clark Duncan died. Yeah. Ah. Like, they Woo. genuinely Oh, thought. boy. And listen, 
I'd be no, lying I... if I didn't have a moment where I was just <laughs> like, is, is it, is it my... no, that's being Rames. Because, like, but <laughs> he did, I don't know, like, he sounded kind of like him. Anyway. Um, yeah, um, it makes me, uh, <laughs> like, oh, boy. No, I got you, I got you. Um, don't you mean, um, Le- uh, what is it, Lester? Uh, Tebow? What was his what? name? Little, tiny, tiny, tiny Lester? Tiny Lister. Lister. I'm you mean Zeus? Yeah. From No Holds Barred? Yeah, or Tebow from Friday, or the pre- or the president of the United States of Planets from um, Fifth Element, or fucking uh, Zeus? Zeus from the main event of SummerSlam 1989. Right. Yep. God, but yeah, um, uh, but yeah, like it's th- them going into the background of of peter and like how he got where he was going and like honestly though talk about the heart of that movie i think the best part at the heart of that movie was the nebula gamora thing of them just like finally reconciling and like digging into their shit like i think that was more effective than the than the peter quill stuff yeah and i'll say this multiple times like we did last time uh about nebula just carrie gilliam man she's uh She's really good. So great. Growing and growing, and it's awesome. Fucking, fucking Gamora just walking out with that huge-ass gun and just firing <laughs> it at the ship and screaming. Yes. Yeah, it um, was It was so good. Fucking, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. He may, have been, Poppins. He, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah. Man. Uh, Yondu and Dan, too. Fucking taser face. Your name is Taserface. Um, um, the dude from uh Sons of Anarchy trying to be important, but they just killed him anyways. That made me sad. Um, which which one? Uh, the guy with the 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 cuts on his face because that's like what he he really has that the glasses. Oh smile. yeah, he, was he the guy um, that was like um he was like he was trying big... to defend Yondu the whole time. And they just shipped him off. Yeah. Space. Yeah. He got a was, couple of good lines. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, when I saw him, name. I was like, "Oh yeah, Tommy, Tommy Flanagan." Tommy Flanagan. Yeah. Yep. I was like, "Oh shit, is that the guy from Son of Anarchy?" Like it yep. was. There were like a there was a several where well like there were there was a several of those, like Steve yeah, Age, like lot. Steve Agee was in it as one of those guys. Oh like, yeah. And I was just like, is it fucking Steve Agee? Like, there was just a lot of, like, little bits and pieces. Seth of, like, Green voices Howard the Duck. Yeah, he voiced Howard the Duck in the first one. I know, it's just, like, yeah. yeah, that's great. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. What was the... Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering what the post, po- like, the final credits thing was. That it was, like, Stan Lee and the Watchers. Like the Watchers, which is crazy. Um, that was funny. And then Adam Warlock. I'm excited to see what happens with that. Um, God. Uh, talking about the Sylvester Stallone uh, for his acceptance of Yondu as a Ravenger at the end of the film. Gunn asked Stallone to channel the That'll Do Pig line from Babe. <laughs> That's adorable. I'm into that. Really funny. Yep. Um, 
And also, like, I had a very emotional crisis at the beginning when Mr. Blue Sky played by Electric Light Orchestra because that is the song my mother introduced me to when I was, like, eight years old, along with, you know, stuff from Queen and Sticks and stuff. But Mr. Blue Sky was one of the ones I have always clung to. Did I ever tell you about, uh, so, oh, God, probably six, seven months before the begin or before the release of that movie i was talking just chatting with my parents about it we were talking just like music and all that i was like man you know what i want they said what i was like i want that movie to start off with some kind of like montage or something like where you're like going around the ship or something like that and it's focusing on all the different characters with mr blue sky playing in the background I yeah, feel like that would me. be really good. And then I <laughs> saw the movie with my dad, and that started playing, and I just started like hitting him on the shoulder and just like, I called it, I called it, I called it. Um, I remember um, when the first one came out, like right after the first one came out, we were already talking about the second one. I think your first option for that one was uh, September. By yes, Earth, I will always say that it should be September, by, like September by Earth, Wind, and Fire should be in one of those movies. Like, yes. 100%. I'm shocked it hasn't been yet. Although, like, the right. second one had some more deep cuts than the first one. It did. Um, like, I think I the, fir- like, the, the, sec- the first one had a bunch of, like, poppy hits, but this is just, like, Fox on the Run by Sweet, you know? Right. Brandy, Come a Little Closer. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Although, honestly, man, if I had looked over the... um the the soundtrack before i saw the movie i probably could have figured out at least 30 percent of the plot from seeing that surrender was on the freaking soundtrack like all right so we're, <laughs> get, we're getting into some family stuff yep father and son yep and then like uh i played the i grabbed for cheap on steam the lego marvel superheroes 2 when i was playing it and there's That's a cool guardians level or a, a short level that's like the beginning of guardians volume two where you start as baby groot and you just walk around and you can switch to the other guardians and it like pulls out and you're like fighting the big boss and i just kind of walk there was an achievement for just staying as baby groot for like the entirety of the song and so i was just like walking around just happy as a clam listening to mr blue sky that's awesome because that is such a good song but yeah like i it, I'm curious, like, 2017, pretty fucking good for the MCU. Oh, yeah, they they hit a stride. I'm trying um, to think of, like... I think it was kind of a perfect run, because after this, when we do our next one, it's Doctor Strange, Civil War, and Ant-Man. And those are three very different, but, like, still really good movies. Yeah, I like Doctor Strange more than a lot of people did. I like Apparently. Doctor Strange. People I need to watch it, it again. Super generic origin story. But well, I don't... all right. I feel like the story of Doctor Strange didn't do much for me. Um, because right. I I do think it was like kind of a standard story, but I didn't care because it was one of the most striking visual films I had yes. ever seen. I'd never yes. seen stuff like that like on screen, and so I didn't fighting care. in reverse. Like Jesus, yeah. fuck. I didn't care if the story wasn't that interesting because visual, because like you know, there's a lot to a film. Like you have some films that are great stories, you have some films that are great visually. Like it, you don't have like you know, 
Like if you're if you're interesting enough visually, you can have like kind of a forgettable story. I don't mind that. And that movie was incredible visually. And then the Scott Derrickson, the director, talked about how in the big climax, he was like, "Yeah, no, we've all heard the criticism of Marvel movies that the climax is a big portal opens up in the sky and the city's destroyed." And so for my climax, I wanted it to be a city getting rebuilt. Like I want to revert. I want the city. Like the city was destroyed when we got there. And our climax was undoing all of that. And I think that's so fucking cool. Yeah, and I'll I'll never get over fighting in reverse, man. Yeah. They fought in reverse. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's Amazing. so good. Also, like with the like kind of no nonsense, you know, violent heroing that you get from uh the MCU having like Doctor Strange kill a dude and then just be like, oh dear God, oh God no, and then not like never do it again. Like like so like I'm never gonna do that again. I can't do this. Like I'm not like, you know, he's not Iron Man or Captain America. Like he can't just smoke dudes. Yeah. I think was really interesting. And God, Civil War's so good. <laughs> we'll get to those. Oh no, um... Ant Man was twenty fifteen. 2016 right. was just Captain America and Doctor Strange. Yes. Okay, sorry, I thought you said Ant-Man was 2016 for whatever reason. No, I was just saying, like, we're doing three at a time. Oh, I thought we were doing a year at a time. No, it's just happened to fall that way so far. Gotcha, okay. But it's, yeah. No, my, my, my thoughts were always oh, three at a time. And then after that, it's Winter Soldier, Guardians, and Age of Ultron. Age yeah. of Ultron is a very a interesting mixed bag. Weird movie. Although... Yeah. I also called that uh, in like 2012, like shortly after the first Avengers movie. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, they introduced Thanos and all that. And I was just like, listen, man, they need to save Thanos for the third Avengers movie and do somebody like Ultron in the second one. See, I thought that and too. Called I really, it. I, I totally, I, I called something similar to that. I was like, man, I don't think they'd do Thanos again. Or at least I think the suggestion was they weren't, and I was like, man, they, the next one has to be Ultron. Yep, yep. Because Ultron's always been like the second biggest yeah. like Avengers villain. Yeah, man. I just really hope going forward, not even just for MCU, but like we're talking about origin stories. Um, just after one movie has done it, we just never do them again. Yep. Like you know we. We said we were going to talk about it, and we kind of skimmed over it, but, like, for Spider-Man, so didn't need that. And, you know, Civil War is, I guess, better talk about that, because he already existed, and that was great. Um, he's just there, and we don't need an Uncle Ben anymore. Yep. Thank like, God. Of course, Tony think, is the Uncle Ben now. <laughs> I think if you're doing, like, there's a way to do it. Um, yeah. For something like, you know, like, Batman Begins is a pretty good example, yeah. where, like, you have that origin, but it's kind of like interspersed. Like it is acknowledged to be in the past and you just kind of get flashes of it. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good way of doing it. But yeah, just doing like an, like an amazing Spider-Man and just redoing the whole fucking thing. Like why? Who thought? And listen, don't get me wrong. I'm, I think Martin Jean's great casting as Uncle Ben but just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, like, we don't need it. Um, and doc the Doctor Strange, like, if we ever get a sequel, um, 
or if you know this all falls apart and they decide to make another one, I hope they would just go ahead and make a just a Doctor Strange story and not do do that over since we have just the one. Um, if we ever get to that point, we probably won't. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, Disney forever, you know that kind of fun stuff. I mean, I think we'll definitely get another Doctor Strange. Um, I'd like to. I mean, I think we definitely get we'll 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 get another Doctor Strange. Um, because like, you know, we're not going to get another Captain America movie right? or another Iron Man movie. Like it's, I think like, cause like now we're kind of shifting into the new sort of like generation of the movie Avengers. It's going to be like headed up by Captain Marvel with Black Panther and right. Spider-Man. And I think Dr. Strange is very much one of those. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in them going forward with Mordo, like, I remember watching that movie, and, like, I'm not super well-versed on Doctor Strange, but during that movie, it was very much just like, like, isn't Mordo a bad guy? I feel yeah. like Mordo's a bad guy. Yep. Does, isn't so, yeah. he, like, his main villain? And then right at the very end, oh, there we go, yep, he is a bad guy. Yep. Good setup. Like yeah, they did like, with... The- it's like they did with the leader in Incredible Hulk, which I, I still wish they would, you know, go with that, but they probably won't. They won't. Um, they I, won't. I watched something on you. Well, I watched something on YouTube the other day that apparently um, they talk about him in Shield. That doesn't shock me. That seems like some shit they talk about. Yeah, but yeah, they still probably won't. Yeah, um, like all that stuff is like that whole movie kind of feels separate. Like I really like it though. Listen, but. I think it's it has a, a lot good, to do with like, the fact they had to change actors. It's an entertaining movie, but yeah, part of it's because they had to change actors, and part of it is, you know, just it didn't make all that much money. It wasn't the splash that Iron Man was. Honestly, yeah. I think it came a little too soon after Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and, and also... And, and also, I think people really just had not forgotten or forgiven the 2003 one. Yep. Yeah, that's I definitely think that's, true. that was still there. Uh, also, I still felt that way, but I still I'll go see anything. So, and it's also a uh, a Universal Studios movie, like it's Universal, and so like it's not that. it's not a full on yeah. So like like Iron it was, Man is it a was Paramount. before they bought it. Yeah, Iron Man is a Disney Paramount Batman. movie, right? But Paramount and Marvel had like a pretty good working relationship. I don't know the relationship that Universal and Marvel have. Um, right. I think part of that is why you're not going to see a standalone Hulk movie. Because I think that like Hulk is fine to be used in team-up movies and stuff like that by Marvel. But if they wanted to make a standalone movie, they would have to go through Universal. Maybe. Ooh, I didn't uh, think about that. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, but yeah, and so... And yeah, like, it didn't make a ton of money. It was like... It's really good, but also, like, it's been so... It's been ten years. Like, let's be real. If Tim Blake Nelson shows up as the leader in in an MCU movie, there's just going to be a lot of people going, who the fuck is that? At least they kept Thunderbolt Ross around the whole time. That's, like, the one thing is, like, is is, uh, William Hurt as as Ross. Yep. And he's great at it. Yeah, he is. Um, they've kind of put him in a docile role, though. He'll never become Red Hulk. 
I have no doubt about that. He won't do that. Oh, God, I always forget that Ross is Red Hulk. No, he won't be Red Hulk. Yeah. So, um, a real quick final thing I want to talk about. Uh, Disney canceled Iron Fist on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, so, well, no. Netflix canceled Iron Fist. Disney did not. Oh. Oh. It was Netflix's decision. Well, that sucks. Eh. Season two fixed a lot of things. I mean, I, I believe you. Season two a lot. Like, um, people don't care that much. It's not worth Netflix paying for it. Also, yeah, I guess if Disney cares that much, they can just make new episodes to put on their upcoming streaming service that's going to per- debut next year. Yeah, I wonder how much that would like bother or change um, the dynamic. Because I still like, I hope. Just because of how much they've invested in it, I hope there's still Finn Jones as Iron Fist and that he shows up like, in Luke like, oh, Cage yeah. and stuff. Like he could like, show up in like season three of Luke Cage. Absolutely. Yeah, did you, yeah, did you finish the second Not season yet. of Luke Cage? I okay. need to. Um, um, this is yeah, as like, non-spoiler can... as I can be. The way season two of Luke Cage ends, I think it would totally work if they also stopped Luke Cage and just did Heroes for Hire. Like they finally just went on honestly but they wouldn't do that because they don't want to get the iron fist stink on luke cage not that like iron they'll put iron fist in the show but it'll still be called luke cage like they won't change it to heroes for hire because they don't want to get that stink on it um but yeah like it's it's one of those things where it's like i'm sure like netflix has the data they know what of those shows are watched and they're probably paying a decent amount for you know I, i know they're paying a good bet for those shows. And so they probably looked yeah. at them and they were just like, listen, iron fist just isn't worth our money. And so, and also all those shows film in New York, which is incredibly expensive. Yeah. Incredibly. Uh, and so, yeah, they probably just figured, honestly, it was probably, listen, we got a lot of these shows and like, there's, we're spending a lot. We got a lot of these shows, these, or these Marvel shows specifically. It right. was probably a mandate from somebody in corporate saying, listen, one of them got to go. And if you cut in one, you cut a, I mean, if, if you're cutting one, you, you cut the Punisher, but they cut, <laughs> they, they cut fucking Iron Fist instead. Cause, because fucking conservatives will watch the Punisher. Uh, cause they have, you know, <sighs> their violent revenge fantasy fetishes and Damn, bang, bang, Iron guns. Fist fixed so many things. I believe you. I believe you. I hadn't watched uh, either I was of the seasons. Really, I was really excited for season three. Like, season, like, the last half of season two sets up so many things for season Well, okay. and, all, and, 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 but that's part of, like, the, the thing with the Marvel shows is that they can just add him to another show if they want to. Because I'm sure they still that. have him under contract. I hate that it is considered iron fisting because I think Heroes for Hire would be more appealing than just Luke Cage by itself. Because I controversial opinion, I think both endings of Luke Cage seasons have been flat. I don't even remember how the first season ended. Exactly, it's fucking Diamondback, and it was random. I mean, I remember that, yeah, because they they ended up. Killing oh, I'm him. your brother. Like, like it was a like that reveal was the same way I felt about um the way they wasted Christoph Waltz and Spectre. All this torment was me yeah. all along, because I hate you, because we're siblings. Yeah, Where was, the fuck yeah. did this come from? Yeah. But again, you know, I think this season as a whole was really entertaining. And like I really like Luke Cage on his own. I think the stuff they do with that show yeah. isn't 
something that you could do with a Heroes for Hire show. Um, yeah, I know. It's... Like the the first season episode of Luke Cage, where the guy shows up behind him with the gun, and he gives this incredible monologue. <laughs> like, man, that's something that you don't like. That like that right there, that scene is what solidified Luke Cage for me. As like, oh no, this show has a voice and a vision unlike anything else like it. Um, and right. same for Jessica Jones. Um, yeah. And I always thought it was like the problem with Iron Fist was that like Luke Cage was about what it means to be a bulletproof, bulletproof black man in modern America. And like, you know, what what change can you make with the abilities that you have and the responsibility that it means what it means to be a, a black man, what it means to be have that responsibility with it. And like, how can you affect change in your community? Um, uh, Daredevil was about the criminal justice system and how it hurts those it is supposed to protect and how, you know, one man can try and take up the mantle and, and enact real change, but he ends up just as broken as the people that he is fighting against and how it's like a losing battle and no one man can really do all this stuff. Uh, Jessica Jones is about uh, surviving abuse, sexual, physical, mental, emotional, and about how that stuff stays with you for the rest of your life, no matter how far away you get from it, and about how facing it uh, is, is is the hardest thing that you can do, and like you need to have those people around you to overcome it. Uh, and Iron Fish was just kind of like how it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to be like a mystical rich white guy. He really needed to be Asian of some. He, yeah, level. no shit, no shit. I know. Like if they had cast him as like Donnie Yen, that show would still be here. Yeah. Imagine how good that show would have been if that was Donnie Yen. Yep. Anybody, I mean, like, um, uh, man, that this might I, be. This might. I wish be Johnny the, Young Bosch could have been an yeah, idea, but this this might be. The most I have heard you concede to a point that you argued with me about ever. Well, you I see the pretty, end result of yeah. it now, Adam. Yeah, I had, maybe you has should to have some foresight in it. Oh, and fuck you! That I know what I'm talking no, about. No, fuck you. The foresight <laughs> shit. Fuck off. Uh, well, I saw this coming, so <laughs> exactly. You, you couldn't see it. I, I, ca off I cared computer. enough to be woke. Give me that no. shit. Yeah, it didn't work out. You know, nope. I was also wrong about uh, Ghost in the Shell. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> Put my God damn it! Oh, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think he'll come <laughs> back. Um, I'm, I want to watch new season of Daredevil's out, isn't it? Came out Friday. No, no, we got four more days, five more days. Oh, okay. Uh, can I? Since you probably don't want to even watch it, can I spoil the ending of Iron Fist season two for you? Like, just talk about it first, real quick, or yeah, go ahead. Fucking spoilers so, for Iron Man season two. Yeah, nobody uh, cares. Nobody yeah, listening right. to this cares, but just in case. Yeah, they just turned it off. It's fine. Um, Say what, so, Josh? Da Davos steals the um. Who's Davos? The fist fight. Uh, the oh, did you even watch the I first? I've not season? watched a single moment okay. of the Iron Man or Iron okay. Man, Iron Fist so, television show. So basically, the runner-up for Iron Fist, his bestest buddy, Davos, which is like, I want to say he's Indian, but I'm not. 
Oh, okay. So the, the, the guy, they, the one brown guy that they do have, is not good enough and becomes the bad guy. Gee, yes, I wonder he how becomes this show failed. Yeah, but um, his so his Asian girlfriend, Colleen Wing, um, she's really cool. Uh, they uh, yeah, because she was in she was to in get Defenders, the, right? Yes. Okay. Um, they try to get the fist back from him, and eventually, um, he comes to the realization: he's like, you know what? I can't have the fist back. It, I w- I didn't do anything right with it. I want it because I thought it's what made me important. And you would actually use it for good, so you need to be the new Iron Fist. And she's like, um, you can't put that shit on me. And he's like, seriously, no, it would do way better. I don't need this. Like, no, you. This is your thing. I don't want it. And then some shit happens. She's like, you know what? No. I'm gonna take it. So she gets it in the end, and she becomes a new Iron Fist. Good. Um. Yeah. So that was That's a great idea. Cool. Yeah. That's a. I, I think. Like I would. Boy, you know what they should have done? That yeah. in the first episode. Right. Well, that was the whole season's journey. No, I um, mean the first first episode. Yeah. Like the first episode of the entire series should have been that. <laughs> but um. Well, you know. How good it was a under sad a would writer. it have been? They like cast Finn Jones as Iron Fist. This like in Prince. Pomfroy looking motherfucker. Like yeah. they cast him as Iron Fist. The, just, just like man. Like if you thought Vanilla was too spicy, we got Finn Jones for you. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about foresight? I never liked the idea of Finn Jones being like, yeah, Danny he's Rand. just the most boring dude. And then out of nowhere in the first episode, nope, psych. It's it's her. She's yeah. the actual Iron Fist. How good would that have been? Here, here's the real thing. Though, and this is gonna make you groan and roll your eyes. There was the last like five minutes because he goes on this journey, you know, find himself and figure some things out. Because there, because there's a, because there's yeah, because there's this thing that we still don't know. Yeah. Um. But so the last thing we see is for whatever weird fucking reason he has these weapons that can channel the iron fist powers, and now both his fists are iron fists, and we don't know how or why he got that. So he does get so in the same, so in the same breath, he gives her the power, and she becomes a new Iron Fist of New York. And then he goes on a spirit journey, and now he has two fists. So yeah, I don't know what the plan was for that. Because white, because white people go on mystical journeys to double check and make sure they're still better than people of color. <laughs> like that's wow! Fuck. I can't believe they nailed it on the head. Like that's like. Because in so many movies like this, you have the white savior come in, he is, he goes on some fucking spirit quest, and it turns out, oh, he is actually better at kung fu than all these people who have been doing it for 2,000 years, because he's the white guy. That's, they just, like, it, like, if it wasn't so incompetent, I would believe they did it on purpose. Like, it feels like this is, like, this is what you write to say, this is how you don't do that. Like, it, it feels like that they got sent that as a script as like, and on the top it said, don't do this. And they were like, oh, awesome. We got the script for the last episode. Here you go. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like because it was literally the last thing, the last scene we saw, I feel like everything else was done. And then Disney was, or whoever. Netflix. The top, yeah. They're like, well, add this part too. Well, no, that um, wouldn't have been Netflix that added that. That would have been. Uh, cause like Netflix doesn't really give studio notes. That would have been the, that would have been Marvel studios. Yeah. Um, so. cause like most TV shows, like, you know, like, let's say something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine when it was airing on Fox. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was produced by NBC Universal, but it was 
aired on Fox. Fox had the rights to air it. So as they made episodes, Fox would send them notes on like, well, no, you need to change this. You need to change that. You need to adjust this because, you know, they're the ones airing it. So they want to make sure it fits in with their sensibilities. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people go to Netflix. Like Shonda Rhimes is at Netflix now. She's left ABC. And the guy who created Blackish is with Netflix now because they don't do that. They just kind of let you do what you want. And like you have kind of full artistic freedom in Netflix. So if anybody came in and said to add that, it would have been somebody from Marvel. Um, and this cancellation really, yeah. really uh, gave Probably me a really good. good argument for dumbass people who think they can figure out how many people watch stuff on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Because Netflix doesn't report numbers. Netflix doesn't tell anybody numbers. Right. Um, and people keep trying to figure out the numbers. And one of the big stories around Iron Fist was it was like, according to whoever, this stupid high watch show. Like, so many yeah. people watched Iron Fist, if you listen to them. It was so, oh my god, it got killer viewership that we're guessing at, and we're extrapolating from some surveys we got from people. Oh my god, it has stupid high viewership, and it's gone. Well... Which probably means it didn't have very high viewership. Well, I I, I remember that argument being for season one, but I can totally like, be- believe... But, but the argument... I heard was like the first three episodes were the highest watch, and then it gradually dropped until almost nothingness by the end of the season. And so this season probably didn't remotely get that at all because it had no fervor of, oh, why is this so bad? It's like, oh, no, it was bad, so we don't care. I'm not sure. But, uh, um, but, um, so next week we are, we yeah, agree on this, right? We're going to see, we're going like, to talk about some TV a little bit more. And, a book about TV. Yeah, there's a, a book by Alan Seppenwall and Matt Zoller-Zeiss, I believe. Which um, are great anime bad guy names you want to talk yes. about. Anime is fucking Seppenwall yeah. and Zoller-Zeiss. They like, yes. They're like the main bad guys in Kingdom Hearts or something. No, they are straight out of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes, um, Zoller-Zeiss. Yes. Uh, they wrote a book called TV the Book. It is... Uh, basically the hundred best, according to them, the hundred best TV shows ever made. It's a really good book. Um, I have the audio book and, and Jesse's listened to it and I'm re-listening to it. We're just going to kind of have like a little bit of a freeform discussion about that. Uh, yeah. talking about TV shows we love, stuff that we liked on the list, stuff that we wish had been on the list. Um, no, no, uh, no sketch comedy. <laughs> yeah. That... Because uh, also, I was thinking about that afterwards, and I was just sitting there like, like, man, if you're gonna talk about sketch comedy not being on here, like, I understand it's kind of fresh on your mind, but how do you go to Key and Peel and not Saturday Night Live first? Well, because I haven't seen as much Saturday Night Live, but yeah, Saturday Night Live definitely would have to have been on there. Um, I, I also I just got done listening to an audiobook that is a full oral history of the forty years of Saturday Night Live. That's dope. fucking fascinating so good uh, i don't know why i didn't think sketch comedy would not be non-fiction or whatever because but. it's because it's not telling like like even like anthology shows like like black mirror and twilight zone they're still telling complete stories yeah. over an episode sketch comedy isn't telling a story it's telling a joke sure. like the sketches and sketch comedies are not they're not plot driven they don't have a structure okay. it's just yeah. a vehicle for jokes which isn't a bad thing yeah. Um. But I, it's not narrative fiction. 
So yeah, we're we're using this book as a vehicle to talk about a shit ton talk of TV, about TV shows at once. It's just a talk about level. a lot of TV. I'm just gonna yep. yell about how I think Parks and Rec should have been way higher. Uh, I feel that way about Friends. Like I thought that because that that was a very positive paragraph they had on Friends, and it was yeah. pretty low. I was uh, quite confused, but we'll I talk think, about that next week. I don't know how well. I don't know. Talk about it next week. Friends is weird. You can find us at there's consumerism. A of, there's a lot a, of gay panic in friends. One instead of an I really at well. Twitter. You can find Adam at like, Adam. It's and you can never find no, me ever again. It's, it's weird. <laughs> like a lot of episodes of Friends came down to the plot. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> we swear we're not gay. Uh, <laughs> it's just it really doesn't. I get it. It's it's pretty white people. I understand. It is. And also, I like that like they didn't exactly put everything in order in the book. They kind of lumped stuff together. Yeah. And they didn't, yeah, like, they put tell together. you... They didn't tell you what number each thing was. Yeah, they, they just never gave numbers. It. I had to Google it. But, like, I like that, because it's like, listen, we're not really... Like, we're, no, that's we're, fair. We're, we're, we're ranking these. We're not really ranking them. We just want to talk about them. But, yeah. It, it got we'll me to... talk about it next week! It got me Where to can they find you? Hannibal. Uh... Uh, and you can find me at na davis forty seven on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to find our us other at show. Consumerism with a one instead of an I. You find our other show, Pastamania at Pastamania Pod on Twitter. Still haven't done anything with that. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, get you around talk to about that. Uh, flashlights soon. shoved up your butt. Listen, I've I've been busy. <laughs> uh, you sound like you're about to die. Did you just like catch your your second exhaustion? <laughs> no, I'm good. I. This is how this is where I was at earlier today. I was sitting in bed and I was just like, "Oh, I need to go out to the car because I have an energy drink out there, so I can drink that before we start the show." And then I was just like, "I don't know if I have the energy to go out to the car to get the energy drink." And here we are. Uh, <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I do my best. Uh, so yeah, you can find our show past the mania. We'll be finishing up our tna arc soon very soon oh God, and moving on to something Here else uh thank you all for listening have a great day jesse this is for you and you know where i live yeah, you know this is our outro live. song now but i feel like it lazy <laughs> Ha ha ha!